Welcome to Inaudible. My name is Jeremy Weiland, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Masterson. On this podcast, we discuss the weird, beautiful channeled messages found in the archives of LL Research, an organization dedicated to sharing spiritual information with the world. You can find out more about LL Research at llresearch.org. The archives contain transcripts of messages from allegedly discarnate sources who claim to hail from an organization they call the Confederation of Planets in service to the Infinite Creator. Ryan and I will try to provide analysis and commentary on the philosophy described in these messages, identifying the common themes and grappling with the application of this information to our human lives. Thanks for joining us on this journey. How's it going, Ryan? Doing wonderful, Jeremy. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. I uh, I uh, was up a lot last night uh, attending some barbecue that was going all night, but uh, I got my coffee and uh, I'm excited about the topic. Me too. We're continuing continuing our discussion of the energy race centers that uh, we began last week. So I too am very excited. So uh, I, I I forgot to ask you about your your barbecuing adventure last <laughs> night. How often do you have to get up and take a look and make sure things are still going well? Is it like every hour you got to you got to cat nap and then get up and check on it? Or I mean, what's that schedule like? It not not really. It used to be uh, more labor intensive when I had a propane smoker because um, you kind of had to make sure everything that the temperature stayed where it was supposed to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, the smoker that I have, you, it doesn't have any ability to adjust the temperature. It just kind of sits at 325 no matter what uh, mm-hmm. for about six to eight hours. So I'm really just kind of checking that my, my smoker, however, is weird because you hang the meat from the top from rat from uh, pieces of rebar that are on the top. It's called a pit barrel cooker. Okay. And so uh, sometimes it will just fall off and into the fire below. Oh, no. So that's well, usually what I'm checking for. But I don't <laughs> like to I don't like to smoke overnight mm. anymore. Because I usually don't have to do up. that. But uh, it needs to be ready for uh, this evening when me and my family, uh, my entire family, including my parents and my brothers and all of their kids and wives, uh, we're all going uh, to Smith Mountain Lake this weekend, or sorry, this this coming week. So I'm bringing this uh, food for them. So it needs to be ready. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Maybe uh, maybe get some yellow ray catalyst while you're at it this week. <laughs> Don't jinx me, man. <laughs> if, if I remember, if I remember my energy rays correctly. <laughs> yeah, uh, hopefully some orange ray stuff too. You know. Oh yeah, heck yeah, very fun. Yeah. It is uh it's my wife's birthday today. So oh. she's she's sleeping in. Of course she's she's pregnant. So she's going to sleep in no matter what day of the week it is if she's <laughs> if she can. <laughs> so yeah. she needs to rest up. But um but uh we ha- we don't have nearly as an exciting a week as you, but uh we do probably have a birthday dinner tonight which which should be good. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Well, shoot, man. Should we dive in? I I was I enjoyed listening to the playback from last week's episode. I, you know, I continued to do some research and just poke at this subject, and uh, and I had a, you know a couple of ideas came in which which I can't wait to talk about. But what are your thoughts? You know, listening back and reviewing the or- red, orange, and yellow. 
Uh, well, I, it wasn't nearly as bad of a recording as I thought it was <laughs> at the time. Uh, I, I think agree. you probably edited out more apologies to the listener that I made than actually got in there. Uh, there were, we had that. The, uh, you had to edit that one quite a bit, I think, because oh, we were just all over the place. Yes, but actually, no. The edits I made were because we had to do bathroom breaks, and my kid woke yeah. up, and the, those pauses that were just like life happening. Those were the edits. I didn't actually. Yeah. Ha- I didn't edit much of the conversation at all. That's um, cool. Yeah, and that gives the, me confidence for the listener. Just a little, just a little context. We finished the episode, and we're like, ah, I think we winged that one just a little bit too much. Because you probably heard it when we got into the beginning, and I'm trying to describe Red Ray. I kind of had in my head what I thought Red Ray energy was, and then I try to articulate it. I'm like, whoa, this is in fact my first time trying to articulate it. And the same thing with orange and yellow. So it felt like we were really feeling around, but. But now I'm, I appreciate that we did that and the way that yeah. it turned out. And now we have a bit more clarity with what that is and where we're moving forward. But, but yeah, at the time it was very questionable as to whether or not we should be releasing that episode. We, we thought about throwing it out and mm. starting over. Um, but uh, I think we did a decent job. And I think the real takeaway beyond the nuances of each ray of that triad is how foundational those three centers are to third density incarnate experience and how much attention um, often does not get placed on them by seekers who want uh, the purest and uh, the most vibrant spiritual experiences with their energy body, which are those, those experiences are of course available. Uh, They're completely available and they are uh, waiting for you. Uh, the question is, is where is the catalyst at? Is the catalyst really an indigo ray <laughs> or is the catalyst yeah. probably one of these three mundane things that we're all tired? We're all tired of having to deal with this over and over and over again. And yet mm-hmm. that's why we came here. We came yeah. here to drill. That's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. Before we review because I would like to do just a quick review, and I do mean quick because I know you and I can chat a long time. (laughs) So before we review, I wanted to throw out a quick, say, reason or purpose for why one might want to have that free-flowing energy through the energy levels. Um, Like, what's the end goal? You know, what is the end game? In uh, the raw contact, I believe, going off of memory a little bit here, uh, there is something, there is a point where those of Ra uh, address just this subject. And they say mm-hmm. that uh, when you have the centers all balanced and functioning, uh, it's like all the strings on the harp are available. And then the creator plays a tune through you. If you recall on some earlier episode, I talked about how like you don't get to change how the wind blows through you and makes music through you. Mm-hmm. You can only make yourself a better and better instrument. Uh, think I was probably referring to precisely this. Um, uh, if I had to put it in something concrete rather than just in general tuning yourself, uh, these energy centers are kind of the knobs that you get to turn uh, to dial it in. And um 
as any musician knows, uh, you don't just tune one string. That's how you get uh, <laughs> some real uh, some real bad uh, tunes around the campfire. Uh, you need to uh, bring them all in the harmony with each other. And, and that means that often you will not be expressing all of your chakras to the extent that some of your chakras can. You might have and that this is where I think we're often asking or, or those of the confederation are often asking people by focusing on their lower three uh, energy centers to forego perhaps those higher experiences as a priority, right? Like no mm. one's saying like you can't, you can't open your third eye until you pass the test. But the idea is that once you get those lower centers where you're interfacing with this illusion in a much more balanced and uh, uh, understandable manner, uh, now you have something to work with. You are grounded in this illusion. And when you go to those higher centers, you can bring that energy into manifestation in a much more balanced way where you are participating fully in it. It's not your catalyst happening to you so much as your will manifesting itself. And <laughs> as you uh, purify your desire and your will to seek aligns with that purified desire, you will find that your desire and the creator's desire are one desire. And that's how uh, uh, energy can come from above and uh, meet with the energy coming from below and start to uh, work in the creator's way, not in the way that you uh, necessarily have to, you know, get right all the time. Hmm. This idea of uh, energy coming from below through our chakra system and energy coming from the creator from above is uh, something that they talk about a lot in the raw contact that I think would be fruitful for the uh, listener to review if they haven't uh, reviewed this lately. Uh, the deal is that, uh, you know, yogis often uh, work with the kundalini energy and raise that from the base chakra through their system. And the idea is that there's also energy coming from above and where those two meet are kind of like where we're quote unquote at. Mm -hmm. Like where that energy really kind of like uh, uh, sort of locates itself in our energy body. And that tends to be places where we're working on things, right? Yeah. Um, where that friction happens. Yeah. You talked a while ago. Yeah. Where that yes. friction happens. Yes. And so like uh, the ideal is to get the Kundalini coming or the, the energy coming from below to go all the way through the system. And then energy can come all the way down through us. Mm. Right. Yeah. And that can only happen when everything's balanced, when you have a work. Otherwise, you know, I think I think people who sometimes go a little bit nutso <laughs> when they get into uh, new age stuff. I mean, I've had friends like that. Uh, yeah. I know I've had some times when I've been unbalanced, even uh, when uh, wholeheartedly pursuing this, mm -hmm. um, this kind of information, this kind of discipline. Uh, if you it's really about. You can go as high and as far and as deep as you want, but can you do it consistently? Can you do it in a balanced way where you can participate a little bit more in this? Uh, and it's a little bit safer, a little bit more understandable, and it's easier to integrate into your life so that it can be a part of your service and not something that's simply coming through you, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. That you don't have any control over. Uh, you want to participate with it. You don't want to be out of control and you don't want to have complete total 
you know, rigid control. What you want is a balance. You want a dance of consciousness through these different levels, manifesting whatever is highest and best at this, uh, <laughs> you know, low uh, uh, energy, uh, highly condensed part of of the creation. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. I like your, I like you bringing back up the tuning, tuning of the instrument. Um, and, and in many cases, tuning is a word that gets used, you know, when it comes to channeling and, you know, tuning yourself to a higher vibration so you can channel these, you know, channel these messages or whether it be a service and you're letting the, the love of the creator flow through you. It's much of it has to do with tuning. And so I mm -hmm. do like the idea that that uh, balancing the energy centers and how the energy is flowing is just another way of tuning. You know? In metaphysics, it's all about intention. Mm -hmm. Balancing the energy centers uh, uh, um, tenderly and with a real honesty with oneself uh, is uh, the way that we can uh, do this, right? We can, we can, we can uh, really get clear with ourselves and make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the, my reason for wanting or how, what was my original question? Like why, why the balancing? Like what is the purpose behind it all? My reason is a bit more <laughs> third density, I think. Supposedly, when you open those energy centers and that energy is flowing freely without hindrance and there is balance then you get access to intelligent infinity or what Ra calls intelligent infinity. And I want that. Whatever that is, I want that. <laughs> well, then you're going to be really, really happy with the conversation today. <laughs> so I, have, I feel like um, it's probably one of those things that... Um, uh, it's one of those things that's like, okay, this is the mountain to climb. I really want whatever this is. I want to experience it. If like, you know, I want to be able to do miracles. I mean, whatever, you know, whatever it is, it's probably one of those things where once you get on the path and you start making progress and you start feeling that those energy centers are opening and you can experience the development within yourself, you maybe not quickly, but you soon enough realize that the goal destination is not in fact the point. It is the journey there. And once you get to that, if and when you got to that goal, you see it completely differently than you did when you started the journey. I'm, I have a, I have a sneaking suspicion. It's something like that, but still, Absolutely. but still, if, yeah, if what Jesus did, if the miracles that Jesus did is something that supposedly anyone can do if you have that level of understanding and you're able to live by example the way that he did well then you know what i want that <laughs> i want to be able to do that you know um so i i digress but that uh that came into my mind as i was researching the um the, the quote unquote higher energy centers that sooner or later, once you get, you know, once you really start opening up the top, you, you gain access to that intelligent infinity. I'm not sure exactly what that means, but it sounds amazing. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure what it means either. And even if I did, I'm not sure that I could communicate it. Mm. I hear you. 
Go ahead. <laughs> well, I was going to say, let's let's get started. Let's get started. So a quick recap from last week. We started with the what's called the lower energy centers, the red, the orange, and the yellow ray energy centers, or the root chakra, the sacral chakra, and the solar plexus chakra. And in order, we kind of determined that, or we came to the conclusion or agreement that the red ray is truly about the base level of existence and being and uh, procreating just the, you know, the base level I am. Yes to life. Yes to life. Moving on to the orange ray, it's not just, now it's not just yes to life, but it's who am I? And am I loving of myself? You know, what's your relationship with yourself? And what is your relationship perhaps one-on-one with other selves, with other individuals? You know, do you reflect the love that you feel for yourself upon them? Do you judge yourself like you judge others or do you judge others like you judge yourself? It's, it's on a one-on-one relationship basis. Moving to the yellow ray, it, it then escalates from uh it escalates to your relationship with larger groups or perhaps longer term more contractually oriented groups say your family your work family that maybe you're maybe you work at a company for 20 years and you kind of build a family there maybe it's your church other tight-knit groups that you're a part of and i know that in in her book Again, living the law of one, one one the choice. Carla hammers, she really hammers the marriage relationship as an important part of Yellow Ray because of the catalyst that's involved when you're really, you know, when you're locked in with a person like that. Mm-hmm. And I think the goal is if you're able to let energy flow freely, or at least in some sense of balance, through those three energy centers, you are able, and I think this is kind of the initial goal for a lot of people in, in our current cycle of experience, as the Confederation would put it, the goal is to get to the heart chakra, the green ray energy center, which is the energy center of love, unconditional love and understanding. And I'm going to start with um, a concept that the that the way the confederation sees the the green ray energy center is not just one whole gr- heart chakra green ray energy center you can kind of cut it into two and the way that kuo puts it via a channeling or a meditation session on january 3rd 2006 kuo splits it into the outer courtyard and the inner sanctum The session reads, To the untutored eye, there would seem to be a unified and holistic heart that awaits the one who approaches the gateway to the open heart. However, in point of fact, the heart chakra has two distinct levels. We would call them the outer courtyard of the heart and the inner sanctum of the heart. You come into the outer courtyard of your own heart when you are ready at last to face your shadow self. Whatever you have not yet recognized or developed within your full personality meets you in the courtyard of the open heart. It is here that you will find your shadow self. In order to enter the inner sanctum of your own heart, 
you must do the work of greeting, understanding, accepting, feeling compassion for, and eventually redeeming every bit of undeveloped light that is part of yourself. That is fantastic. And I, that's for, very beautiful. And for me, from my perspective, it hammers home the fact that, again, all this, all of this experience comes down to you, your experience, your growth. What can you do about yourself? You know, looking internally to create that external change. It's, it's making yourself the best channel of love or channel for love that you can. But Kuo here talks about you got to deal with that shadow self. In order to get to the in, inner part, that inner sanctum of the heart, you first got to go through the gates and that gates and through those gates, you got to meet your shadow self. Um, first of all, so Jeremy, what are your thoughts on that, on that idea? And what is the shadow self? How would you describe that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that idea is completely correct. Uh, what is the shadow self? The shadow, well, the the shadow self is, uh, man, I, this is deceptively tricky. I thought this was an easy one. It's, uh, yeah. The shadow self is all those parts of yourself that you either explicitly or implicitly reject from uh, identifying. Great way of putting they, it. They are, the shadow self is you. There is no, there really is no difference between the shadow self and the self that's cast in the shadow or whatever the, the opposite is. But the issue is your relation to it and how you kind of try to curate those aspects of yourself uh, to create a personality that you can stand behind, that you can show to others. Um, and you just have to kind of keep that shadow self to the side. That's kind of how we approach it. Uh, it is part of that undifferentiated self, just like all of the things that we might see as darker evil in the creation is part of the creator. So we kind of recapitulate uh, the drama of the path back to the creator in working with our own shadow self, the same way that the creator works with its own shadow. I, um, if I can interject, I like yeah. the imagery that I, that just came to mind regarding the shadow self, because multiple times now the, the Confederation has discussed good and evil in terms of light and dark, or at least this is the nature of a body moving back to that central sun, that source of light that is the creator. On the front side, moving towards the creator, you have light, and on the other side, you have, well, the shadow that that body creates, and you have the dark side. Or the, so you've got that juxtaposition of positive and negative. So, it, it you know, to me, it, it reeks of that duality that within us is are both sides of that coin right and right on one side is is of course the lights the stuff furthermore on one side it's light we can see it on the back side it's it can be hidden it's something maybe mm -hmm. we got to look for and one there's in terms of light and dark there's one i can't remember where i heard a quote but where I heard this quote, but there's a difference between a peaceful man and a harmless man. Yes. And I love, I, I love this because I, uh, 
I do, uh, listeners, I do jujitsu. It's, you know, it's a fun Brazilian jujitsu. It's a great, it's a great martial art where you wrestle around and try to choke people. And there, I love the, I love that, um, what am I going for? I love that saying, there's a difference between a peaceful and harmless, because when I'm going to jujitsu and I'm rolling with some, some dangerous men, you know, <laughs> and most of them, most, no, all of them that I run into are peaceful men, but they're not harmless. They could literally kill you. You know, they know the moves to break your arms and pull your feet off of your legs. I mean, it's, you know, they are not harmless. They are peaceful. They have the power to do damage. You know, they, they have the power to be violent, but each and every day they make, they understand that that is a power and they make a choice to be peaceful, you know, whereas you get your, I'm sure everyone knows you, you've gone to a bar and some guy or gal for that matter starts drinking and is just causing a ruckus and is starting to get violent. Yeah. Okay. That's annoying, but that typically tends to be a harmless person. They, a, a person who understands violence and harm and understands what they are capable of typically don't go around starting fights because you understand that someone else is capable or more capable than you are of that violence and therefore making that choice to be peaceful. So I'm, I'm getting deep into a, a simple subject, but that's what this shadow self reminds me of. There's two sides mm -hmm. of the coin. We all have those two sides. And how do we recognize, accept, love, forgive, whatever it is, that darker side of ourselves, maybe that is hidden or is either the negative aspect of our positive selves. Yes. One thing that doesn't come directly from Confederation material that I'm aware of, but that seems to make a lot of intuitive sense that I've read elsewhere is that the shadow self is kind of like the wolf. Mm -hmm. It, it inside of your shadow self is a lot of the power. Mm. That's why you're scared of it. Right. With power the, comes responsibility. Right. Yeah. So it's easier to just shunt it off. Right. Um, mm. And like a guy who's going around picking fights like uh, reminds me very much of uh, a part in the raw contact where they talk about uh, like these orange ray uh, games that we get into our mm -hmm. fixation on devices and, and like systems and objects rather than other people. Uh, and they talk about um, like, I don't know if they talk expressly about like racing cars and stuff like that, but they talk about investigating feelings of power think uh, males in particular mm -hmm. do this a lot. We have, we are, we are fascinated with power. And uh, a lot of times that's because we don't feel like we have a lot. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, people who are, you could say this is somebody who's immature, uh, who's acting out, uh, who hasn't balanced, but you can also say that by the very same token, they're investigating this powerlessness, right? Uh, yes. How do we balance things? We don't balance things by going in the other direction. That's the crazy thing about Confederation philosophy, I think, is that they say, no, 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 no. You balance imbalances by accentuating the imbalances. You take it further. Jeremy. Right. And that's what creates the inflection point that bounces you back. This is why I love our conversations because I <laughs> never thought of that. You know, when I used to I used to literally fight, not like at bars, but I used to be an amateur uh, Muay Thai 
fighter. I've only had one fight, but it counts. You know, I got in the ring and, and hacked it out with a guy. And, and then I moved on to something less impactful, i.e. jujitsu. Yeah. But I've been able to balance that aspect of myself in a somewhat controlled and pre-agreed environment where two guys are getting together and you're agreeing to go at it with each other. You yeah. know, I have been able to balance that out through that release, you know, through that uh, venue. I never thought that perhaps that really annoying, aggressive guy at the bar is trying to find that same balance or is trying to, you know, that's just, that's just his venue. That's where he's channeling that energy, maybe because he doesn't know that you can go do that at an establishment, <laughs> you know, and not go to jail when you're done. And so it's such a service, right? When, when, uh, people, uh, set up systems, schools, disciplines that then help us temper ourselves. We have something to like kind of hold on to while we work through this stuff rather than like, you know, getting drunk and just letting it out. You know what I mean? Which mm. is mm -hmm. honestly in a, in a unified creation as valid a way of balancing as anything else, right? Mm -hmm. Like there, you know, it, it it's just how personalities uh, deal with, you know, the stress. Let's remember, yeah. this isn't just about unbalanced people. This is about a particularly stressful situation that we all find ourselves in unique in our environment, in our uh, evolution. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just interesting to see the different ways that the creator finds uh, ways to express all of these different kinds of energy or the same kind of energy in different ways. Yes. Yes, and getting back to the point of all of yeah. this is getting to that heart center. It's trying to figure out how to love others unconditionally, which on the surface, not even on the surface, that alone is an incredible task, true unconditional love. But how did we get there? And again, just to reiterate one of the lines uh, that the quo, the quo group said, in order to enter that inner sanctum, inner sanctum of your own heart, you must do the work of greeting, greeting, understanding, accepting, feeling compassion for, and eventually redeeming every bit of undeveloped light that is a part of yourself. I just, I love that because, you know, a lot of people, I would say most everyone feels that they are not whole. Perhaps something is missing whether it be something real, something in your mind, there is still something, maybe you can't put your finger on it, but it feels like it's missing or it's wrong. And part of the journey into that inner sanctum of the heart to that open green ray energy is feeling compassion for yourself, understanding yourself, and eventually redeeming yourself. So. And I, it, I, I know people who have that open heart very naturally, but uh, because they have imbalances lower down, they have a hard time seeding it. They seem flighty. Hmm. They seem like insincere or they just seem kind of like, uh, like just hippies, right? Like, oh, you're just like off in your own world, right? The ability to ground that unconditional love so that it actually makes a difference in people's lives in a way that oh. you participate in. That's really key. Um, but then once you get those lower energy centers balanced, you are reaching uh, what I have read in Confederation material they call 
the 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 seat of deity. Mm -hmm. The the Green Ray uh, Energy Center is very, very important, very special because it's kind of like a springboard into those higher centers. Yes. All of the it seems to me, maybe I'm uh, over conjecturing here, but it seems to me that a lot of the raw power necessary for being able to uh, uh, exist and continue to grow in the higher densities, I believe, comes from unlocking this heart center and letting it fully express that deity that is us. Mm -hmm. And that's very, very subtle work. Once we've gotten the, the, once we have the means to seat the heart's lessons in our lives, then we have to get clear on what those lessons actually are, right? Mm -hmm. We have to get the very, the nuances, the personal details, the hurts and stuff that need to be forgiven. uh, And so that we can accept ourselves as a whole 360 light and dark being. And a lot of power comes from that because we're accepting our own unity with the creator, Mm -hmm. our own unity with ourselves. We are healing these divisions that have created manifest reality and created the drama that we go through. Uh, And sometimes uh, when we're healing these parts, little by little by little, you know, it can feel a bit alienating because that doesn't feel like life is normally felt to us. Mm-hmm. Normally, life is about kind of fighting against itself and like rejecting things and like being unsatisfied and stuff. So when yeah. you open yourself up to unconditional love, it can almost I mean, it's beautiful, but it can also feel a little like, am I kind of losing it? Right. Like, am I really in the the real world with everybody else? Yeah. Ergo, the the very, very important task of continuing to work with those three centers below the heart, even after you start op- working on the open heart. It is crucial. You are going to be working with lower centers more than higher centers all the time in incarnation, because no matter how much effort and uh, uh, progress you make in opening your throat center, right, or your third eye, uh, those are those are uh, highly abstract and spiritual energies that don't often have their outlet in our manifest world unless we are balanced and can sort of see how to how to like uh you know move with those energies dance with them i think uh the confederation uses the dance metaphor uh to 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 illustrate uh how tentative all this is how it's you can't really come up with a rigid rule it's really about um working with the flow of energy and being able to con- uh to maintain a coherent sense of yourself as the stuff, as the wind blows through you, right? As, as the creator comes through you, can you keep it together? (laughs) Or is there some chink in your armor? Is there some like flaw in your foundation that causes the upper stories to kind of like sway and and maybe crumble, you know? Yeah. Well, I love the way that you put people. Some people have very natural open hearts, but they have blockages down below. Yeah. And I think of, like you mentioned you hippies, which is funny because, um, you know, I'm friends with a couple and it, they are so naturally loving and caring yet at the same time, when you try to have a one-on-one meaningful conversation with them, something's missing. Like they're, they're checked out. They're not really concerned about you on a personal, a personal level. You know, it doesn't feel nice like, versus kind. Yes. Ooh, 
Jeremy, you're hitting it hard today. Uh, that's that's yeah. my friend Josh came up with that one. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Josh. You're contributing to the podcast. Amen. He's <laughs> so, going to love that. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. Nice versus kind. And it's like they have the potential. They are very open, but it's just, yeah, you, something's missing when you talk with them. And therefore, you feel like they don't care. Okay, they care about the world, but they don't care about you, <laughs> you know? So they care about the idea of everything being love and light, right? Then, mm. and it is an oh. attractive idea. Who can blame yeah. them? Who can blame totally. them? But then, when you have to do the work for it, it's work, baby. Right? It is work. It's it's hard. It. I'm. I learn this lesson every day. I. I. Uh, scratch that. We would correct <laughs> this instrument. I am faced with this catalyst every day. I don't think I've learned the lesson, but. And this is something as simple as talking with my wife and me choosing to be present and engaging wholly, wholeheartedly with her in that conversation. Or do I let my mind wander to the concerns I have with work and whatever else is on my mind? And that is and always has been a battle of mine of engaging in, in conversation and truly being in the moment with that person versus the occasional it's like when you're meditating and your mind starts to wander all of a sudden you get on that stream of thought and you you got to recognize oh my gosh i'm thinking let me clear that bring it back to my breath well instead of bringing it back to my breath i got to bring it back to the to the conversation <laughs> you know but, yeah in any case, that's, you know, that's, that's something that I, that I deal with every day and it does feel like work. Yes. Oddly enough, it does. For some people, it may be completely natural, but for me, if I'm stressed at work, it takes a lot of energy for me to be able to just close the box on the work troubles. Let me focus on my family for mm -hmm. the next two hours. You know, that, that takes a lot of energy from me to make that happen. Yeah. It's an application of will that comes from a uh, and a, a, a realization of one's desire, right? And this mm -hmm. is kind of what uh, life, life for a seeker is like, is that you're realizing higher and higher, purer and purer uh, uh, versions of what you already know that you want. You already know that your heart calls for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Quo, I'm just looking here on my list. Quo makes an interesting uh has an interesting note about emotions. And I know emotions is one topic we want to dive into in a, in a episode to come. Um, but Quo ch uh, channeled on May 12th, 2000, Quo states, difficult emotions can be seen as messages expressing to the heart the need for working with those emotions in such a way as to be able to balance and clarify those feelings. For there is a deeper truth within each emotion. The key to working on emotions is to realize that the seat of emotion, shall we say, is the green ray energy center or heart chakra. If one attempts to work with blocked and negative emotions from the energy center in which they originate without moving into the heart chakra, there is little chance or opportunity for self-forgiveness. Therefore, while it is very important to assess and evaluate each negative emotion as probably stemming from certain energy centers, it is well to work with these emotions with the model of keeping the energy in flow 
moving again and again into the heart chakra and resting in that primary emotion, which is called faith. So this is an interesting concept that the goal is to let energy flow freely through the green ray so that we can express love. Yet at the same time, when we're dealing with tough emotions, when we're dealing with tough issues, recognize that that that, that is stemming from the green ray energy center. And though it might feel like a yellow ray or orange ray issue, God forbid, a red ray issue, let that energy flow from the green ray to, so that you can show yourself some compassion, some love, and some understanding as you work through whatever issue it is that you're dealing with. Right. The, the work, the real work is remembering and willing to open that heart, even when uh, the experience in the lower three chakras says that we should close down. Hmm. That's that's where it becomes a discipline of the personality rather than just something that you go through <laughs> like everybody else. Uh, the idea is to mindfully uh, look for where you're closing down and uh to 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 bring to bring it into balance by trying to unblock and really question those reasons that you want to shut down using those as index points for where you need work uh this is why it's really like uh, we keep coming back to the lower three chakras because there's kind of like a balance that needs to be achieved between as you're opening the heart you're continuing to work through different dimensions of the very lessons that you're that you're balancing in those lower three chakras. It doesn't happen. I say that it happens serially. Energy flows serially. Mm -hmm. But the, the, the work of unblocking, the work of untangling these emotions as they get trapped up um, from our experiences and uh, letting energy flow, that is very much uh, back and forth, right? You're going back to the heart. Then you're going down to the red ray. Then you're going to the heart. Then you're going to the yellow ray. I mean, that's my experience at least. And I mm -hmm. found that very naturally just by trying to clumsily work with my energy centers in a uh, in a uh, mindful way, uh, you find yourself doing that a lot. There's so much power in the heart that you find yourself kind of that kind of uh, ends up being where a lot of this stuff, a lot of our uh, the 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 issue of our uh, uh, work ends up there. It seems like a lot of the time. So yeah. uh, it's just it's just important to understand that like uh, it, you know. That seed of compassion is what's going to uh, be the balm for all of the uh, slings and arrows that we deal with uh, in the lower in the lower chakras, which are, you know, real, really tough to deal with. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I have a uh, a a transcript from uh, 96 that mm. I really like that talks about um, some aspects of the heart that I think kind of dial into this. And I'm having the same problem of figuring out where to cut off the uh, the, right. the, the excerpt. Uh, so if it goes a little long, can I be forgiven, please? Yeah. Or I'll just cut you off and say, well, yeah. let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let me let me get started here, because I think we need to get more into this idea of compassion, mm. uh, a less functional uh, uh, approach and maybe one that can a, a person can relate to emotionally. So here we go. This is a uh, quo. Uh, May 12th, ha. 1996. Mm -hmm. The heart is that seat of wisdom that is bathed in compassion. That is its eventual density, destiny. And often the wanderer is able to, able to feel 
that deeper centrality, which is the property of the tuned heart. Yet the heart energy is also very vulnerable to mismatches of energy which block, overactivate, or in other ways distort the red, orange, and yellow ray energy centers. Furthermore, even when the seeker has become balanced to a high degree in the lower three chakras, still the heart, in offering information to the senses, does in most instances generate a good deal of noise along with those deep and true signals that are the essence of the open heart information. We pointed out previously how vulnerable the green ray energy center is to low energy coming through the lower three chakras. This is a cardinal point, for each wishes so deeply to experience the blessed open heart energy and to move into the higher energy centers that the wanderer has the natural tendency to wish to move on from the work of the lower energies into the heart, then into those energies of communication and work in consciousness. That's blue and indigo, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which offer so much blessing and are the balm to so many wounds experienced by the wanderer. Uh, let's stop here. Uh, yes. I, I, the big takeaway here, I think, is that it is entirely natural to want to jump to the higher centers because they're so comforting. They're so uh, wonderful to explore. And yet we 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 don't have a really uh, good experience of them if we're not appreciating those lower centers and the places that the energy goes before it gets to those higher centers. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we're going to hit this really hard when we get to Blu-ray because it's how do you have true open, loving communication if you don't actually feel any love for anyone yeah. or even yourself, you know? Yeah. It's the the work's got to be put in and those lower centers. Uh, yeah. A lot of, a lot of this is about honesty with the self so that then, right, then we have we can be fearlessly honest with others. You know what I mean? And really be yes. clearer and clearer mirrors that other selves see themselves in. All right, so I'm going to continue this marathon. Yeah. And so there are two reasons why it is well for the seeker to go slowly and to monitor the self so that the self does not spin its wheels, shall we say, attempting to work of attempting the work of higher energy centers while experiencing low energy into the green ray center. Pause. Can you pause there? Maybe highlight your spot. So what they're saying is that when it, maybe if you recognize that you're trying to work in the higher levels, yes. give your, take, take stock. Bingo. Take stock. Okay. So, okay. So when you're trying to, so when you, when you wake up in the morning, like I'm going to love the world today, you know, hold on chief. <laughs> you got seven lessons to go through. Yeah, check yourself right? first. Let's go through. Let's go through the process. How are you feeling today? How's your red ray? You know, how's, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. And uh, look, there's probably people who do this very naturally and they don't need oh, certainly. to mindfully think about it mm. for the rest of us bozos. Use, you know, <laughs> you take this, take this advice to heart that, uh, mm. you're, you're probably, uh, you're probably not a prodigy, right? Like you need, you need a little bit of help and, and, and going through and putting your attention on each of the centers at the beginning of the day, maybe at the end of your meditation, maybe at the start of your meditation, maybe entirely separate from meditation, checking in with yourself and seeing, you know, yeah, what's the mood today, right? Like, you know, let's figure out how it's going to be. Yeah. All right. right. I don't remember where I left off though. Oh, Uh, you got to highlight that spot when I cut. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Uh, the lessons of love seem to be more uplifting 
in the higher energy centers. To the intellect especially, this is true. I mean, that that seems pretty Mm. clear to me, right? Like intellectually, we think that uh, transcending and uh, 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 realization, right? Uh, That that, uh, the clouds parting and the sunbeam shining down on us and the choir singing, that's what we Mm -hmm. want. Yes. I know that's I, and I I get the sense that's what you want when you say that you want to contact intelligent infinity, right? You want that yeah. experience, that confirmation, that, that peace, that yeah. inner peace, just the, me, a little less faith and a little more knowing that confirmation. You know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Where it, where yeah. you don't have to put the energy into it anymore. Reality has finally expressed itself and yes. its true nature. Yes. However, it is our opinion that the advent of true open-hearted energy takes place only when the seeker has begun to value each energy center equally and begins any conscious work with a brief examination of each center so that imbalances can be seen by the self and attended to before the self takes the consciousness into those higher centers and asks it to function. And now we're going to get into we're recapitulating stuff we talked about earlier. Yeah. This group has spoken often of the feelings that the self has the dark side and each has worked with this dark side, seeing how it can be unhappily, how it can unhappily distort red, orange and yellow ray energies. We encourage each then to find more and more appreciation of and tolerance of those lessons that seem so basic. For in truth, each energy center has the same degree of preciousness. Each ray of self is beautiful to the infinite one. So the task becomes that of attempting to clarify and refine the sense impressions that arise from catalysts as the present moments seem to pass. If there is work to do with the self or with other self in clearing these lower energies, we encourage an attitude of enthusiasm for doing the work it takes to get to the heart of whatever distortion distortion or blockage has taken place. Judging not, but only nurturing the self finding out what you truly think and feel, and then, without judgment, turning once again to the open heart. Each within incarnation shall make many errors. The illusion was set up to force errors, to bring about helpful challenges. The catalyst that seems so heavy is an expensive gift of the higher self to the self. When one can take this, shall we say, on faith, one has overcome a great stumbling block that stands in the way of the open heart. I I love the confirmations that they they state every now and then that oh oh you think life is hard it's that way on purpose like we yeah. made it that way on purpose because that's how you're going to learn those lessons and once you start playing once you're on the game board the capital G game board right yeah it gets harder in a yeah. lot of ways I th- I feel like there's so much, I mean, yes, this is a spiritual podcast, but there's so much psychology that we could also get into about like Absolutely. positive self-talk and understanding. For example, if you, if you want to try a new sport, you know, you're going to get tired. If there's conditioning, you're going to fail, you know, but if it's something you really want, you can go into that experience knowing, or if you go into a new job. Lord knows you go into a new job and you just know you're going to get things wrong. You're going to fail because that's how you learn and become a rock star at your job. And if you go in with the right attitude and your manager also has the right attitude that they know that you're going to fail and those need to be controlled failures that don't sink the company, (laughs) then you can go in there with a positive attitude, knowing and being ready for those inevitable failures 
and accompanying lessons that you're going to learn from those challenges. And I think a lot of people, most people probably because we don't treat it this way, but most people don't see life the same way, you know, Yeah. in, in that, it, but there's so much cross, you know, there's so much cross pollination that there's so many, uh, the idea is the same. The principle is the same. So I love it when the Confederation confirms that again, or at least reminds me that, oh yeah, the illusion is set up to be hard. You know, it's that way on purpose. Absolutely. Now, Ryan, there's three more paragraphs here that I think are kind of interesting. Um, maybe we'll cut this out later. I don't know. But it's something that I've actually been working on a, another essay about. Mm. Um, and it's this concept of uh, it's something I'm still wrestling with what it means. But I'd love okay, to share it. Let's with do you. it. Yeah. Um, all right. So let me just go ahead and read. Now, once one has made peace with the first three energy centers, one can feel that full energy is moving into the heart. There is another consideration to deal with before further work is done. This is a subtle, careful work. It is the sifting and winnowing of the feelings and thoughts within the heart. Each entity has within the heart center all the expressions of love, from the most refined to the most inchoate, organized, and distorted. All feelings of the heart are true at some level, but the upper levels, the surface emotions of the heart, can be as the red herring in a mystery story, clues that lead in the wrong direction. <clears throat> if each can see itself as a kind of distillery and can see emotions as the raw products which go into the creation of the wine, there might be a good analogy of what it is to explore, refine, and purify emotion. For the grape with its skin, its fungus and its stems, the sugar with its impurities, the water with its impurities, these together are one. However, they do not yet manifest as one, but rather as a collection of ingredients mishmashed together, not yet finished. These are the emotions that the heart receives to begin with when new catalyst comes. Seldom is the entity receiving catalyst able to listen, see, touch, or feel clearly. Usually there is some degree of confusion in the response. Therefore, it is not well simply to advise the seeker to follow the heart and no more than that be said. For truly one needs to follow the heart, but first one needs to allow each experience to be refined and be purified by the distillery that is carried within that heart by each. It seems that each is a prisoner of time. And yet, in a sense that we are using this analogy, it is only in the freedom of the illusion of time and space that this first purification of self-aware emotion can be accomplished. These raw feelings that the heart senses instantaneously may be already pure, but it is well to ask the self to refrain from the impulse and to honor all feelings by moving back to it when one can contemplate it, and in that centered and balanced mode, allow the deeper truths of what has been felt to move through that refining fire which distills pure emotion from the dross of ingredients that are no longer needed. Final paragraph. Mm. In other words, and this is the name of the essay I'm working on, the heart puts out a lot of garbage which needs to be placed where it can be removed. Let us say that you have within your heart a curb. Place the can at the curb. And when you feel you have found the dross of some feeling. That which is not fundamentally clear. The wanderer can visualize the action of physically placing those stems and skins of raw emotion into the trash to be removed by time, 
While the precious and pure emotion is filtered into the deep heart that contains the purity, compassion, and its own wisdom. Discrimination is such a valuable activity. Each has it. We encourage each in its frequent use. I absolutely love that. Because the way we were talking or the way I was talking was essentially that, yeah, once you get to the green ray and everything's love, everything's all good. But the green ray has its own BS. It has to deal with. And that's kind of those, I think of those first impulse emotions that you get on certain subjects, which are quite often incorrect. The the feeling is real, but Mm -hmm. the facts that you're basing those feelings on are oftentimes there's work there's work you can do to refine, you know. You've put those facts together in a story that you tell yourself, perhaps, right? Perhaps. And then yeah. that story is kind of what you cling to. That's kind of like your handle on the thing so that you can like not feel like it's running you, but you're running it, right? But then that handle also limits it. Yeah. It pigeonholes it. Yeah. It blocks you off from the full acceptance of it. And so as we go into the heart, it seems, and listener, I'm still trying to understand those three paragraphs that I just read. Uh, that is going to be the work that I'm going to probably do this 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 vacation is try to wrestle with it. But uh, it seems that what we need to do is we need to find within all of the proximate causes, the tangled uh, events that create tangled emotions in us, that creates uh, conflicting emotions in us. You know, we feel this one way, but we also feel this other way. And we haven't really decided which way it is. And to understand that all of that is real and true mm-hmm. and, and valuable and uh, workable, but that the work, <laughs> it seems, is somehow uh, to trace the thread of these emotions back to their more pure tones. And in other places, they talk about... Um, this idea of purified emotion as these root tones of uh, emotion that we then kind of like combine the way that you would combine a bunch of sound waves into something that has texture and timber and mm-hmm. and, and all this stuff. Uh, the emotions work this way, too, but we have to um, go back to what their root components are so we can appreciate each thing on its own and as a kind of poignant moment in time and consciousness. Uh, that's the best I can do at this point, listener. Yeah, that's great. It's good stuff to sort through. Um, Purified emotion will certainly be something we talk about in a future episode. So we don't have to cover it all here, but I wanted Mm. to give the listener a taste of not only why the heart is so important, uh, but what kind of challenge and glory is really available? Because when we really can understand our emotions Uh, at this basic level as something that isn't just there to confound us, but something that says a deep, deep truth about the creator, Mm. something that you cannot intellectualize. You can only feel that I can't communicate to you right now. I can only hope or or, or wait, (laughs) right. Mm -hmm. For all of us to feel that same tone. Uh, Yeah. I just think, I just think it's a, it's a really interesting aspect of how to work with this energy. It is understanding why you feel the way you feel. Mm -hmm. At least at a base level is so powerful. And a a small tangent, not really, but small. Have you read Jonathan Haidt's book, The Righteous Mind? I have not. Why Good People Are Divided by Politics and Religion. It is an incredible book. And because he articulates at least one plausible reason why there is this divide between people who are 
objectively good people, but why opinions differ so, so much and so aggressively. It's a fantastic book. It lays out a very interesting template for why this might be, but part of it comes down to the fact that people feel the way they feel, but they don't, maybe they haven't articulated why they feel the way they feel. Well, Jonathan Haidt articulates it. And it's a fantastic read, absolutely fantastic. But, um, but it kind of gets to the point of we feel the way they, that we feel. Those emotions are very real, you know. But at the same time, there's, there's a lot of thought energy that needs to go into filtering through those emotions and really getting to those source, base level feelings, beliefs, and understandings that are within us, you know. This is why balancing the self and uh, working. Oh, what is it called? Um, for example, uh, the balancing exercises that mm-hmm. those of Ra mentioned during the raw contact are a lot about trying to exercise these emotions uh, to their peak in either polarity. Right. So you take like an emotion, like maybe you uh, you had a uh, you you feel humiliated, right, about something that happened to you. So in meditation, you take that humiliation to its highest and deepest and most intense point you feel like your humiliation will overwhelm you right and you you focus and make it so big that it's like pure in itself in a way right Mm -hmm. even though it's tangled Mm -hmm. up in all the things that happen and what you index it to Mm -hmm. it's 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 big and uh then you you allow yourself to manifest the exact opposite of that emotion that complete confidence and security and comfort with self. Um, and in understanding yourself in both of these two extremes, you uh, kind of understand uh, the full uh, uh, the, the full way that the energy works, that it isn't just tied to this experience or this hurt that you had, but it's actually a much more full-fledged emotion Um uh, and you can understand it both as uh, on one polarity and as in the other polarity. And then it's not so threatening. Mm-hmm. You see that there's a continuum there and that you kind of have a lot of uh, agency in how you where you uh, land on that continuum. And uh, I think this is I think this is very important to what you were talking about. So we've talked about the outer courtyard of the green ray of the heart chakra. We've even talked kind of holistically about the energy center. I quickly want to touch on what Quo calls the inner sanctum of the green ray before we move on to the to the next to the next level. Quo Quo channels um, November twenty second, nineteen ninety six, nineteen ninety six. Quo channels. Come with us into the heart. Come with us now. Feel that energy coming through those distortions in each center, yet moving upwards to the heart. See that energy coming from above, as it were, that calls for inspiration and flows like liquid into the heart. These two meet where lions guard the door. And you bow to the lions. You do not say, I deserve to be here. You say, have mercy on me, for I seek love. And the lions bow to you and the door opens. And you walk into this room, this holy of holies. This is the open heart. Sit down, take off your shoes. You are upon holy ground. 
Now you are with the Creator who can give you rest. You are loved with a passion that creates and destroys worlds. Oh, how you are loved. This inner sanctum seems to me like the goal of that outer outer courtyard work, that inner sanctum where you you are sitting with the Creator in a place where you are so loved with a passion that creates and destroys worlds. Like that is the goal of where you want to get. And I love the imagery of the lions because the lions are brought up a few times throughout the channeling sessions. And I think it was important to Carla because she actually writes about lions specifically in her book. The lions are a a wonderful metaphor for when you choose to be on the capital G game board and you are trying to express love and understanding to others through that green ray energy center and you're not living up to your own ability or expectations, those lions are there (laughs) to scare you or to roar at you or to remind you when you step off track, you know, or they're guarding the way that she writes that they're guarding that door to the heart and you have to come in not boastful and with ego, but in a place of, well, asking for mercy, <laughs> have mercy on me. You come from a place of, uh, of service. Um, yes, there's a, there's certainly an archetypal, uh, uh, symbolism to lions, but I think maybe, um, another aspect of it just occurred to me is that it's another way of understanding one's own power that one maybe doesn't feel completely in touch with that isn't quite the shadow self, right? Mm-hmm. It's that other side of the shadow self that also has power. That's making sure that, uh, you have done the work and that your desire is pure. When you come to the heart, the heart is, uh, it seems, uh, the lifeline for those of us who want to do true service to others. We have got to keep the heart open at all costs, at all costs, that is where all of the energy is going to come from. That's where all the inspiration is going to come from. That's where all of our higher, that's where our ability to communicate mm. through the throat chakra clearly, uh, to see the divinity of the self and others uh, through our working consciousness in the uh, indigo ray center, and then to experience on the in the violet ray uh, the totality of ourselves and have an understanding of our unified nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the heart is really, I think this is why third density is so hard because we're doing this work on the heart. We're opening up the flood and then we spend the rest of uh, higher densities just getting more and more nuanced with how that heart energy expresses itself. Yeah. Yeah, it helps me to think that in trying to keep it open, you have energy coming from two directions. You've got yes. you've got from from the right. from the lower energy centers, which you might have some serious blockage, <laughs> but at the same time, there's energy coming from the top, from mm-hmm. the crown down through your head into the heart, you know, and you might feel like you have blockage on on some of the lower levels. And you may have some blockage on the upper levels, but realize it's coming in from two from two points, you know, um, and you can at least visualize and perhaps accept that 
you still have love throwing, flowing through your heart or flowing to your heart, <laughs> at least, um, you know, through, through one of two, if not both directions. Yes. Uh, it, it just, I, I just cannot emphasize enough the centrality of the heart on the service to others path. Uh, uh, you know, aim for that work hard to get there because the rewards are truly, truly out of this world. Yes. So what happens when you can operate with an open green ray? We get to the blue ray. And I believe it, once the green ray is open, you have access to the others. Uh, if I'm remembering that correctly, it's a bit different than the lower levels where each is kind of like a, a stepping stone or it's, you know, there's a, a floodgate for each of those particular um, energy centers. Well, once you get to the heart and you get beyond, then all of a sudden you have access to all of the higher, the higher energy centers. And we begin with the blue ray. <clears throat> the blue ray, as stated by Ra on March 16th, 1981, the blue ray seats the learnings, teachings of the spirit in each chakra within the mind, body, spirit complex, animating the whole communicating to others this entirety of beingness. Carla writes about this quote. She says, In discussing the Blu-ray chakra, we are talking about pure, integrated spiritual or metaphysical energy, which we have not done before. The chakras of the energy body, which we have discussed previously in this report, have all been located along the spine in the torso of the physical body starting with the red ray at the groin and moving upwards into the orange ray in the belly and the yellow ray in the solar plexus. In the last chapter, we discussed the green ray chakra in the area of the chest and heart. The lower rays deal with the immediate problems of our physical bodies, our emotions, and our reactions to incoming catalyst. The Confederation would call these lower chakra issues mind-body issues. Even the heart chakra can be shut down by incoming catalysts of the lower chakra type, such as hurt feelings and resentment. Now we leave the torso and its concerns behind for this first volume of my report on Confederation Principles. That sentence was weird. I apologize. Now we leave. <laughs> yeah. Now we leave the torso and its concerns behind for the first for the first volume <laughs> for this first volume in my report. She's saying, "All right, now we're on to something new." We move up into the throat. As we look at the blue ray chakra, we see the working of an integrated mind, body, spirit for the first time. All that work which we have done on keeping our chakras clear up through the heart now pays off. There is no more talk about keeping the energy body clear. We cannot access our Blu-ray energy center at all until we are solidly within our open hearts and firing on all chakras. We are not Blu-ray until our voices are voices of love. And I think I've just said a whole bunch of things which haven't really nailed down what the Blu-ray is, at least as I understand it. It's about open, pure, honest communication which is yes apt given that it's the throat (laughs) it's the throat chakra 
But I really like how uh, it seems that the exercise of that communication uh, stems from the Blu-ray's ability to ground the lessons of lower chakras uh, stably, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And that makes sense. Your ability to relate to another person in a way where you can transmit these higher concepts would, of necessity, (laughs) require your full comprehension of them. Mm -hmm. So it's a way of kind of like, uh, it's like the fruits of your learning become expressed through Blu-ray. And that would make sense because uh, those of Ra in session 41 uh, note that, uh, uh, well, let me just read this passage. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it might be useful. And they talk about primary energy centers. I wouldn't worry so much about that, um, but you need the context. Mm -hmm. Okay, questioner. Why are the red, yellow, and blue energy centers called primary centers? I think from previous material I understand this, but is there some tracing of these primary colors back to intelligent infinity that is more profound than what you have given us? Ra. I am Ra. We cannot say what may seem to be profound to an entity. The red, yellow, and blue rays are primary because they signify activity of a primary nature. Red ray is foundation. Orange ray is the movement towards yellow ray, which is the ray of self-awareness and interaction. Mm. We all know this. Mm. We're just recapitulating. Green ray is the movement through various experiences of energy exchanges having to do with compassion and all-forgiving love to the primary blue ray. Here's the signal thing. Which is the first ray of radiation of self regardless of any actions from another? The green ray entity is ineffectual in the face of blockage from other selves. The blue ray entity is a co-creator. This may perhaps simply be a restatement of previous activity, but if you consider the function of the logos as representative of the infinite creator in effectuating the knowing of the creator by the creator, you may perhaps see the steps by which this may be accomplished. Okay, that was now. I think you, you hit it. Fan, <laughs> that that was fantastic. That the blue ray is the expression of self, regardless of. Can you find that line and, yeah. and reread that one? Uh Blu-ray, which is the first ray of radiation of self, regardless of any actions from another. Beautiful. That is incredible. And that's, that's what you see in a good communicator, right? Yes. A good communicator, whether they're like a debater or they can inspire people or whatever, what they do is they can just say that one thing that gets through, right? They can see the exactly where to put it uh, because maybe they've been there before. They've seeded these lessons before. They can then help seed it in another. Not Mm -hmm. make it seeded, but plant maybe a seed for a seat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love it. I love that. Ra also discussing about the Blu-ray communication as it relates to honesty and the requirement for honesty. Ra states, I don't know the session number, but it was April 22nd, 1981. Ross states, there is always some difficulty in penetrating Blu-ray energy for it requires that which your people have in great paucity. That is honesty. Blu-ray is the ray of free communication with self and with other self. So, yes, but I, you got to be honest with yourself. You have to be honest with others. But I love the fact that it, that, that puts it very well. It's the uh, expression of self, regardless of 
regardless of what someone else says or does. That, that I love. And you can swing that many different ways, you know, whether it be uh, um, somebody trying to impose their opinions or actions upon mm-hmm. you, um, so, you know, somebody judging you for who you are. And it's like, no, I am, I am me. And how do you get there? How does one get to that point of being able to have that confidence to communicate freely and not just communicate with words, but with your actions, with your, you know, with your yeah. deeds, with your being, mm-hmm. I suppose it's kind of hard to get there unless or until you have gone through climbing the ladder of red, orange, yellow, busting through green, or at least, you know, maybe not mastering it, but at least letting that energy flow freely and in balance. As the Ghostbuster song said, right? Busta makes me feel good. <laughs> no, no, no. But um, I think to get it serious, uh, I think that um, this might be a clue for why this garbage sorting in the heart needs to occur. Uh, because in order for us to be honest with ourselves, Uh, We have to accept ourselves in this very basic way that requires us to sort out all of these past hurts and past tanglings of emotion that we've dealt with. Then we have the raw materials with which to mix and match to find the right thing to offer to a situation to another person through our communication. Mm -hmm. I've got a I've got a story, of course. But first I'm going to, no, I should, I'll just, I'll do the story first and then we'll bring up not just communicating, but listening as a part of Blu-ray. But my story is I've got a coworker who's a, who's a very good communicator and she was having some feelings, some tough feelings about one of our other coworkers about, um, about his helping with projects and, and, uh, there was just like a trust thing that was kind of getting, uh, challenging and she was talking to me and asking me how she should communicate this with our other coworker, our friend, candidly. And I told her, I'm like, do you, do you care about him? Like as a person? She's like, yeah, of course. You know? And I'm like, why are you stressing about having this tough conversation when you, it's amazing the level of difficult topic, the level of conversation you can have with someone about a difficult topic where there's constructive feedback or even criticism if you come from a place of love if you truly feel love for the person you're talking to it gets much easier to come into that situation go this is i'm feeling this way like i'm not getting the help i need from you because you love that person you know it's it's hard for me to put my finger on other than I know that if I don't like somebody, it's hard to have a conversation with them because I'm not really having the conversation about the issue in my mind. It's like, I just really don't like you. You know, I, I don't even want to be having this conversation. So yeah. How can you communicate when the only thing you really want to do is get out of that communication in the first place, yes, right? Or take him to jujitsu <laughs> and work on some choking, you know, <laughs> so I don't anger Ryan note to self. No, I, I mean, it's rare, <clears throat> excuse me. It's rare. I feel this way anymore because if there's somebody I really, <clears throat> pardon me, if there's somebody I really don't get along with, 
I tend to just separate myself. I don't hang out with that person. But but I know that if someone loves me, and I know that, and I love them back, they can talk to me about anything, and I'm not going to assume bad intent on their part. You know, they love me. They're not going to, you know. So just from my perspective on the receiving end of like tough criticism or whatever, if they come from a place of love, I'm so much more open and understanding to their their communication. It works the other way around. You know, if I'm coming from a place of love and acceptance and understanding and I have some feedback or criticism, generally that is going to be taken relatively well there there are books written about this a gal named kim scott who uh, used to work at, at google or maybe she still works at google she's got a great ted talk and story about cheryl sandberg giving her some constructive feedback um it's a great talk i'll i'll put a link in the show notes but she wrote a book called radical candor just about mm. how to how to communicate you know but you have to care but but anyway i told my coworker, look you care about this guy like legitimately you can talk to him about anything because he's going to see that you're kind of coming from a place of love and vulnerability. You're putting yourself out there, yeah. opening up your feelings. And there's, there's a lot of power in that level of communication. Yeah. What I, what I uh, sense that we are trying to put our finger on with respect to Blu-ray communication and what makes it kind of unique when it's at its best is a kind of confidence that you radiate to the other self, that you you aren't, they're not the punching bag for your unworked out distortions, yes. right? Instead, you are uh, creating a safe space where they don't have to feel threatened and you can just talk about the thing that needs to be talked about. That's perfect, Jeremy, because how many times do we go into conversations where you feel like that person is looking for a punching bag? Yeah. And people can feel that it doesn't, you know, when that's coming. Um, oh boy. I, again, you're on fire today. You've just given me so many really good bits to think about. <laughs> I, I would. Um, so I'd like to make a recommendation for a non-confederation uh, source that would be useful here. Uh, I have found a lot of wisdom in a book by Marshall Rosenberg called nonviolent communication. Mm. And uh, if communication, being able to express yourself and get to the heart of things without pesky uh, distortions and emotions getting in the way is something you're interested in, I would highly suggest reading this book because it really delves into how much we try to use communication as a means of manipulating other people, even unconsciously. And you know, as an anarchist, I would like to say that it's the most anarchist book I've ever read, because not only does it focus on not controlling other people physically, but it tries to kind of expurgate any desire you might have subtly to, to manipulate them mm. and to put them in their place and control them and really get to the heart of what they're feeling. And once those feelings are out on the table and everybody can see them, now we have something that we can work with that isn't hidden, that isn't going to bite us when we like uh, make a wrong step. Mm. That kind of inventory of emotions, I 
can now see speaking these words. I learned so much when I talk about this listeners so much um, is that that sifting of emotions, that refining of emotions that happens in the heart gives you the raw material that you have then to invite the other person to do the same, right? Maybe not on the same level, but in a way where we can just say, okay, we feel this way. It doesn't have to be a barrier to us. And I think this is another reason why Blu-ray is the first ray where you can radiate freely without concern for whether the other person is blocking you because you have already uh, balanced to some minimum extent any of the triggers they would use uh, to block you. It, you. It's not it doesn't matter. You are simply saying what you know, what mm. you feel mm. and that confidence most of the time, almost all of the time, that confidence is infectious. That's what people want. What people want is not to be spun around by their emotions or somebody else. What they want is that that calm and that uh, that confidence that comes from knowing yourself and being able to give exactly what's requested. Amen. <laughs> by the way, Jeremy, we need to talk about your anarchism because that word for people who, and I, I would be, I think, included in this group, uh, that word has a connotation to it, and uh, I'm sure when you do your homework and you look into the and you look into it and you uh, you understand it at various levels, it has a different meaning. It has probably has a different meaning to you than uh, than guys like me. We need to talk about this. It, it I don't have clarity is what I don't have, so we need to talk about this. <laughs> I'll see if I can bring some blue to it. <laughs> Um, your blue blue flavor your blue flavor to the uh, anarchism talk <laughs> so uh um I, I don't want this podcast to be about politics so let me just say very briefly that uh i just don't think that authority is actually a real thing it's something we made up oh yeah and we cause ourselves a lot of damage uh not only by uh 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 believing that we have the ability to control others, but allowing others to control us in a way. And it creates all of these emotions and these distortions and the world that you see. Um, so uh, anarchism is simply, uh, I see, I used to see it as this revolutionary philosophy of overthrowing the state, overthrowing capitalism, all this stuff. That's how, and I still see that's it. That's the connotation, I think, or that's the definition most people see it. I think it most uninitiated yeah, and, I, I don't I don't disagree with that. Mm. Um, however, <laughs> uh, I think it is easy to have an ideology in your head, this ideal towards which you aspire. And then all you do is you live a life in this fallen world that doesn't reflect your principles and just frustrates you. Right. Yeah. You see this shining city on the hill and you can never get yeah. that. Yeah. So so for me, I have uh, reconstituted anarchism for my personal life to be more about how can I uh, relate to others in a way that doesn't seek to control them, that seeks to always allow for the free expression of things. And then the politics will work itself out, I think. I think my and friend- the best way to advocate for this philosophy is to live it. And I, that took me a long time to get there and I still fall back into, you know, hate reading Twitter yeah. and like, you know, uh, seeing all the bad things that politicians and CEOs do. But at the end of the day, what do I have control over? myself and i would like to offer to people uh, another way to relate to other selves and another way to relate uh to the frustrations uh, of their lives well i think the there's so much power in living by example whatever your example is 
if you choose to live by example, there's so, if there was ever a way to turn people towards the anarchist mindset, it would be showing the example. You know, that's yeah. that's life. It doesn't matter what you're doing. I think, I think that's life. You know, and there have been many. Um, well, maybe not many. There have been a few Confederation transcripts that have talked about how we're not going to have government in fourth density because mm. we're not going to need it. Government is about coordinating uh, separate individuals into a common plan that often gets imperfectly uh, and by a subset of the total population decided. Uh, once we can see fully into the thoughts and feelings that we have with no possibility for deception, and that's what fourth density is going to be like. What function would a state serve? Yeah, what function totally. would it serve to have like a firm? Why not just have people flow in and flow out? You know, like we we will be able to trust each other. And so what I would like to do is to the greatest extent possible to prefigure that trust, to prefigure that. Um, and hopefully maybe, uh, I don't think that my actions and my words are that inspirational, but if it doesn't teach others, it teaches me if at least, you, right? It teaches me. Yes, it does. And as Ross said, if we, if you serve one, do we not serve all? It's, you know, it's just, if you think in terms of generational, if, you know, like, what can I do now that in five generations might spread to be something, yeah. you know, that's, you know, if you take it, take a look at the long term. I, have you heard of the, the writer Brandon Sanderson? I have not. He is a fantasy writer who is phenomenal. He's top notch. I don't even think I really liked fantasy until I started reading his uh, series, The Way of Kings. It is fantastic, but his most it's a ten it's a ten part series. These books are enormous, but he's on book five. He's working on the rest. But um, or I'm sorry, I think he just wrote book four. But anyway, his most recent book it's called Rhythm of War in the Way of Kings series. Um, there's a fantastic quote in there that applies. One of the characters says that no one is truly free when someone else has power over you. It doesn't matter what that agreement or arrangement is, but when someone else holds power over you, are you truly free? You know, it's an interesting, it's an interesting idea to let stew. I, so. I agree. There's a lot of different aspects of that, right? Mm -hmm. Because what is the true freedom that we want? Does it come from being able to do whatever we want? or for the flag to be the color that we want, or for the people that we like to, to have power and shove their agenda down others' throats. Is that really what we want? Yeah. Or is what we want peace? And if you want peace, you don't need a political program for that necessarily. There might be one that issues from it, but you can achieve that right now in your life. Yeah, yeah. Well, getting back to our Blu-ray, um, uh, we were talking about, well, there's a, there's a communication side of this where you come from a place of love and understanding and confidence in your freely, openly communicating. There is a listening, there's a listening side of it or choosing how you communicate. Um, Kuo, and there's a, a session from May 12th, 1996. Boy, we love the month of May for these, <laughs> for these uh, sessions. <laughs> um, Kuo states, a signal skill of a communicator is the listening ear that is able to distinguish just where the most and uh, just where the other entity is dwelling within its own mind and heart. 
it is obvious that one cannot communicate to most six-year-olds as one can communicate to a sixty-year-old. Yet, the differences between the consciousness of various entities within your density is such that a six-year-old may be able to understand what you say better than a sixty-year-old entity who sleeps still in third density's unawakened bliss. <laughs> I love that. Therefore, we encourage each to practice the skill of listening and attempting to tailor that which is communicated to the needs of that particular entity. This is careful, subtle work, yet we feel that it is a good discipline. What I like about that passage is that it ties communication to service. Mm. It seems that Blu-ray is a very highly uh, concentrated way of figuring out what it is that the other is asking for. Because in the listening, in the listening without judgment, you can really see where that person has a need. And this is how we can serve only in the way that's asked of us without a physical asking, right? It comes from listening that much deeper to what's really being asked. It doesn't mean waiting for them to write us an invitation. Okay. Well, it's we are wrap, we are coming up on the end of, yeah. our, of our available time here. So let's let's wrap this up. So we've covered we've covered red, orange, yellow. We today we covered green, the mo- facets of green, and we just touched blue. I suppose we'll have to wait until next time to finish up with indigo and violet, which may go relatively quickly. So uh, maybe we can touch on the emotions um, uh, next week as well. Either that or we could uh, oh, we could have a conversation about adepthood and the disciplines of mm. the personality in line with, uh, with the working co- the chakra that's all about working consciousness. Right. I, I love that. I, I, adepthood. Uh, yeah. I would like to talk about, yes, because I was searching for information about what that is, what that means. Yeah. And I, I came up with the big nothing burger, though I know it's there. I know it's been discussed. I just couldn't find it. So I would love to discuss that. Yeah. Um, and maybe what it means to access intelligent infinity, just, you know, just to get my mind going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think we're going to spend very long on Violet. And uh No. Yeah, there's, you know, we don't ever have time stretching this podcast out. I'm sorry, we don't ever have (laughs) any problems stretching this podcast out. I know, it's the opposite problem. (laughs) Boy, well, my friend, you gave me a lot of good metaphors, visualizations, just great little tidbits that helped articulate or helped clarify or crystallize, I say, helped crystallize some ideas in my head. So thank you. Thank you for your thoughts today. Yes, and you've helped me see uh, a deeper connection between green and Blu-ray that I hadn't seen before. And I'm going to continue to dig into this garbage that the heart puts out and see if I can find um, uh, some threads that I can pull that would maybe uh, be helpful for a reader. Uh, I still want to do writing, but man, I just can't find time. I have so many projects going on. Amen. Amen. We're on the same page there, at least. <laughs> so, well, my friend, listeners, thank you for checking in today. Jeremy, stay in the love and light, friends. <laughs>